so we're back. We are <laughs> back. <laughs> Bet you thought you were never going to hear from us again. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, couple of years. So our last episode aired when? In 2017 sometime? Yeah, I was going to say 16, but I think you're right that it's 17. 2017. We finished the spring of 2017. Yeah, you're right. Definitely you're right. 2017. You're right. You're right. March of 2017. Wait, who's that? <laughs> who's that I hear? <laughs> Teresa, is that you? Who fucking snuck onto our podcast? This is weird. There's a third person here? <laughs> Who knows the exact date when our podcast last aired? Like some sort of creep? <laughs> Hold on. She's she's drinking wine right now. It's definitely your number one creep. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Long time listener, first time host. <laughs> so we are back. Code, Bra- Code Grays is back. Uh, my name is Teresa Rosado. I'm Megan Totsky. I'm Patrice and we are Anthony. <laughs> introducing <laughs> Patrice Anthony. Hi, Patrice. I'll stop talking. <laughs> no. No, that's the opposite. It's a of podcast. The point. You have to oh, talk. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's an audio medium. <laughs> it's like the one rule. <laughs> so, um, quickly, like before, before we kind of introduce Patrice more properly to the audience, we've got some questions for her. That we told her we would provide her in advance. But uh, we didn't. Listener, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, that's how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just want to recap a little bit, like, what what the fuck happened to us? Yeah. <laughs> For all five of you wondering, we're both alive still. We are both alive. And I would say the, the short of that. it is that we just stopped doing it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, huh. That sounds like a really good summary. I, yeah. I mean, to be totally honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I think things got really sad. Yeah. Things got <laughs> like, really in the world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, be, that is mm-hmm. that is how I know that we that we stopped recording in the spring of 2017 because post. Obviously, those of you who have listened before know that the election was not a great time for us or anyone. <laughs> And I think after Trump was elected into office, it was just too much, (laughs) you know, like it just it just became so bad globally. Yes. And we just stopped. Um, Yeah. And and I would say uh, back in the spring of 2017, I was in a very different place, both like physically mm-hmm. and sort of psychologically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it was not obvious from podcast episodes, um, I was pretty depressed <laughs> and I was living at my parents' house in uh, in Montana uh, in the aftermath of the election of a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just sort of needed to get back into living life and trying to find joy in life again, uh, which happened pretty quickly, I'd say, after I, after I moved. That was the really mm-hmm. big thing. Gotta, gotta move, mm-hmm. you know. I'd say don't move in with your parents when you're depressed. It's... <laughs> You think it's the right choice, and uh, and it's it's not ever the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I think that 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 pretty much sort of sums it up. And I would say that Teresa is the backbone of this podcast, and all I do is show up and talk about a show that I love. So when 
when she hatched a life of her own and suddenly had other things to do that weren't make this podcast, suddenly I was a whole lot less interested in it. <laughs> I that's you know we we were fifty fifty on the podcast, but uh, I was really interested in the editing side of things, and so definitely when my schedule changed. Um, and editing became more work with actual work that became harder to sustain. Yeah. Um, but mostly it was just like, I was in a super bad place. The world was in a super bad place and we just kind of needed to step away, spend time with loved ones. Yeah. And I think that find like, our centers. I think that like any, well, I think like any sort of pet or passion project, right. You want it to be something that, um, that alleviates all of that, right? And I think for a long yeah. time, this podcast was that for us, right? It made it, it was a thing to sort of escape to. It was a time for, you know, as friends, for us to connect. Um, and that and that was obviously super special and really magical. Um, but there's, I think, a breaking point. You can only, you can only put so much weight on the shoulders of a podcast <laughs> yeah. with exactly one listener. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that that. Um, I think, I think definitely played a factor played a role in it yeah i think that's super true um which then sort of begs the question why are we back does that mean why are we things are bad again (laughs) did i move back in with my parents and i need something (laughs) to sustain me no spiritually intellectually (laughs) so so no this is great this is great so here we are there have been two of us. It's always been Teresa and Megan. And now we are three. Now we have Patrice here. And my, Aww. I would love to hear who the fuck you are, Patrice. <laughs> I've never met Patrice, just so everyone, yeah. mostly my mom out there. Like, I think she's the only one listening to me at this juncture. I, I've never met Patrice except through these, um, these most recent interactions. But I feel really, really excited about it. I think that like when you bring back... Um, anything sort of from the dead, it's wonderful to have sort of like new life and new vision to it. Um, I think that I'm certain that Teresa and I could talk ad nauseum about Grey's Anatomy until the cows come home, but I feel really, really excited to have like new voice and new perspective into this, um, this thing that we love so much. So my question for Patrice is how the fuck did you get here? <laughs> like, tell me, <laughs> like, my question is like, how did you learn about the pod? And then like, what, what, is the origin story of you now sitting here in Teresa's living room talking to a stranger across the country about Grey's Anatomy? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, Patrice's origin story. I love that. <laughs> so I've been joking with Teresa that this is just like a long con single white femaling of the both of you. <laughs> Wherein at some point in the future, I take over the podcast completely. <laughs> Dude, that's like a really real possibility. Sounds sounds fucking great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's not the truth. Uh, How did I get to this place? Well, how'd you learn about the pod? On the the porch. Yeah. On my front porch. Yeah, on on her front porch at her housewarming party. Yeah. So, (laughs) Trees and I have actually only known each other for one year. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Facebook memories told me. <laughs> oh my God. Incredible. Oh. Oh. I wish I'd baked a cake. 
Uh, so we met through a mutual friend and somehow had never talked about our mutual love of Grey's Anatomy. You really got to ease into that conversation. Like, that's really, yeah. you got to tread lightly with this show. <laughs> I guess. I keep it under wraps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't really feel like I'm ever talking to anyone about my love of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Literally, no one knows it except for my partner. He's like, oh, are you watching Grey's Anatomy? again for the 50th time so i feel like it's not like that interesting of an origin story but as soon as treza was like i had a Grey's anatomy podcast (laughs) are you interested in doing that and i was like a fucking course i'm interested in doing that i thought you'd never ask because i didn't know it was a possibility (laughs) And at that point, Patrice just sort of started binge listening to our our episodes from the past two seasons of Code Grays. And that's also been funny, like, to get her text messages and comments mm-hmm. as she's listening to the episodes. Um, it's really weird to imagine someone actually listening and, like, engaging with yeah. what we're saying. So, uh, yeah, it was just a kismet sort of thing. That's fantastic. I'm so happy you're here, Patrice. So I want to know, Patrice, like what did you watch Grey's Anatomy like from from when it started? Like, have you been watching since 2004 or five or whenever it first aired? Or did you jump in sort of later on in the game? Yeah. So I feel like I watched like the pilot when it aired, probably with my mom when I was 17 but then quickly lost interest <laughs> and then <laughs> didn't really pick it up again until I graduated college. I like jumped mm. into it. I think it was in the fifth season or something. Sure. And then I went back and bought on DVD. Yes. Oh my God. The first four seasons. Yes. That's and amazing. watched them all. Oh, that's fantastic. And since then I've watched them so many times. <laughs> And I still have the DVDs. I feel like I refuse to give them up. No. Just in case yeah. streaming doesn't keep happening. Yeah. I, I have season two of Grey's Anatomy on DVD, which I is like, I have that in my apartment. Like, I just recondoed my entire apartment and was like, I got to hold on to this. <laughs> so I feel the, I feel the CD or the DVDs. Um, I don't even think I have a DVD player, but I have the DVDs. Right. So what do you like about Grey's Anatomy? I feel like in our very first episode, we talked a lot about, like, what, what draws us to it. And, like, you know, I, th- I think that, that both of us certainly have gone through phases of, like, religiously watching every Thursday night or whenever it comes on or whatever um, to, like, taking breaks from it, right? Whether it's, like, a year off or a few years off or whatever. Um, but I think that it's something that we sort of always come back to. Um, so I'm curious to know, like, what do you, what do you like about the show? What sort of has drawn you or kept you as like a captive Grey's Anatomy watcher. And if you say George O'Malley, you'll be fine. Yeah, you will. So, just to be totally okay. honest, if you say, I, uh, as... <laughs> just like, just like clear and cut, like no questions asked, yeah. you're fired. In as much as we can fire you, we, we would. We would. We would. <laughs> We'd find a way. So I completely understand that this is a, has been yeah. a George hating podcast will continue to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's what I'll say is that 
a young baby Patrice <laughs> completely had a stand for George O'Malley. Oh, really? oh my god. And I think it's because I'm really just attracted to men that are puppy dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's an insult to puppy dogs. <laughs> it is. It is. That is. But I take specific offense to that. <laughs> I mean, through and through, George is a puppy dog. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, older See, Patrice, it's like there are two P's in that word where I would put two S's. <laughs> so I'm, I'm an insult to pussies. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say that, you know, older Patrice, upon re-watching Grey's, mm-hmm. was having none of George's shit. Yeah. But yeah. young Patrice was like, oh, God, look at him. Look at his sad eyes. Yeah. Don't you, wanna, don't you want to pet him? Yeah. On top of his terrible hair? I know. Yeah. His hair was so I, I bad. Feel like it's, I feel like it's pretty fair to say, and like, far be it from me as just a deeply gay woman, but like, I feel like it's it's reasonable for for like young women and girls to like be into non-threatening men. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like men are men are fucking terrifying. So you look at George and you're like, yeah, I could cuddle with him. And then totally. you're just like, all in on George. I, yeah, I, there is a world where I understand that. No, I I understand. So I, I think that I understand yeah. that in theory, and I think that it's also like. It depends, you know, as, as a young person, right? Like, Trees is the one who taught me how to, that I shouldn't like Denny, right? Like, I loved Denny when I watched the show for the first time. And I was like, and then when we first started recording the pod, I was like, she was hating on Denny. And I was like, fuck that, Denny's a great guy. And then I had to rewatch those episodes and, like, critically think about the man that he was. And I was like, oh, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, because I think that there's, like, like you're saying, right? There's sort of an allure of, like, a non-threatening man or somebody who... You know, I think that, like, our society has conditioned young women to, like, think certain things about certain kinds of men. And I think that only when you're an adult and you think critically about those things can you really afford yourself the space to, to you know, question that or counter that, you know. So mm. I'm not condoning your love of George O'Malley. Because... I don't love him still. Yeah. It's right. I should say that. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, but I do understand that I, I think that it's, like... I think that there's a lot of value in rewatching things that like that you watched when you were a young woman in particular, because I think that you suddenly see like, oh, my God, that guy was an asshole or look at how that woman was being treated. Um, and I think that it can be like really, really transformative. So you said that you came into the show like you watched it with your mom as a teenager and then you're like, whatever. But then you came back to it like in the fifth season, you said, and then you went back and rewatched mm. it. So like what struck you as a college graduate? like pulled you back to the show that when you were a teen, it just was like, eh, eh, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I think that probably when I was a teenager, I couldn't appreciate all of the drama and nuance. Hmm. I was like, I don't have time for these love stories. Uh. I was also busy exploring my queerness. And I was like, mm. Who are these white people yeah. <laughs> falling in love on TV? Yeah. <laughs> Overstepping like clear medical boundaries. <laughs> yes. How many times would these people have been fired or have malpractice suits? So many. <laughs> um, so I think 
when I got into it again, I was primed for drama. <laughs> I think um, Meredith is such a deeply sad Ugh. character. Mm. And <laughs> Patrice in her early 20s was such a deeply sad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. And I was like, oh, you're like me. Yeah. <laughs> I should continue to watch this. Yeah. And I think also what pulled me in, especially in the earlier seasons, is what pulls a lot of young women in, is that relationship between Meredith and Christina Mm -hmm. and seeing the ways that friendship don't have to be giggling and nail painting, which was never the type of friendship that I had with anyone. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lot of what drew me in. And then um, I remember when I was younger watching things like ER, you know, normal medical dramas. And so there's still somewhere in me that wants kind of the gore yeah. of a oh, medical yes. drama. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Grey's hits all of that, especially, you know, by the time the fifth season comes around, mm-hmm. they're really doing close up of like (laughs) blood and (laughs) fake hearts and things are like you know small fetuses that they're cesarean out of people and I'm like I'm into this yeah yeah (laughs) no I think that's really true and I think that like you kind of and and they like they they got bold it took them a few seasons but they got bold about it you know and it's like for those of us who appreciate have sort of a I don't know appreciation for the gore it's like deeply satisfying (laughs) well and Patrice I like really hear what you're saying about Meredith right I think that there's like there should be like a disclaimer at the beginning of Grey's Anatomy that's like if you're identifying too strongly with Meredith Grey you should probably talk to your therapist (laughs) you know like you should seek a medical professional yeah you know like I think that but I, I think that it's so great to have a character like her that is so public and so like unabashedly sad you know like it's like one of her defining characteristics as a character in the show and as a woman and like is a part of her identity in a way that I think is like allows for viewers to also sit in sadness you know like I feel like she was one of the first good examples I ever had of like sometimes it's okay to be sad and like you know here's some of the reasons that go into that or whatever and I think that that's like I think that's really powerful and it's also really sad but I think that it's like a really valuable experience and I think that there's a lot of in the same way that the friendship between Christina and Meredith draws a lot of people in um it also I think that that can draw a lot of a lot of young people particularly women in because it's like a a, an example of sadness in a very public way yeah I wholeheartedly agree and I think that the way that they play Meredith's sadness on the show isn't for well most of the time isn't for a laugh and they also don't treat it like it's abnormal you know, it's just like, this is what she's feeling. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I think that's really, I think that's really important if sometimes damaging. <laughs> yeah. There was something, there was something nice. And I think that this has to do with having a female showrunner mm-hmm. uh, and having a lot of female direction as well, that it never felt to me, you know, as a much younger person it never felt to me like the women of Grey's Anatomy were meant to be sort of like sex symbols Mm -hmm. or you know even someone like Izzy Stevens who's who's you know conventionally beautiful or conventionally hot right and it it never felt to me like 
that was being played up in a way that appealed to was meant to appeal to men yeah and I think it just feels distinctly like a show that's by women for women yeah and I don't I don't think that only women can appreciate it but that it I felt seen in that way yeah and it and it I think it continues to strike women in that way that that this is a show and these are relationships and these are women that that are created for you and not for the imagined male audience necessarily. If that imagined male audience happens to come along for the ride, then all the better for it. But like this, this show was not set out to be for that audience specifically. And we, we absolutely live in a point in time with media where that's still just not the typical approach and mm-hmm. and I say that as a consumer, like a loving consumer of things like the Marvel properties, mm-hmm. right? But every single time I go to a fucking Marvel film, I know I'm not the target audience for that film. Right. And that's most of the films available at the multiplex, you know, in a calendar year, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's, so like, I don't know, it just creates space that matters and, and really matters in like 2019, you know, like mm-hmm. it mattered then and it matters now. Um, no, I think that that's totally, I think that's really spot on. And I think that it's really, I don't know, part of me is heartened and part of me is deeply sad that like the show's been on for, it's going into a 16th, 17th year, 16th year. Um, good Lord. I know. And it's like, it's, that is still the case. Right. And it's a show Mm -hmm. that is going into its 16th year. I got to check that. Um, that is still the case. And in what the second or third episode when you said Izzy that really reminded me of that early episode where um Alex plasters you know she she um Mm. modeled to get herself through medical school and Alex plasters her you know lingerie ad in the magazine all over the the intern's locker room and she sort of defiantly rips them down and says like you know I don't have any debt because of this and like you're an asshole and it like Mm. exactly what you're talking about Teresa of like it takes that like it puts her up as a sex symbol it shows how men are going to interact with her through you know alex krev the asshole and she completely destroys that and says like great look all you want but guess Mm -hmm. what i'm debt free and i'm fucking good at my job and i can be all of those things Mm -hmm. and also conventionally beautiful and i am not here for you to look at and i think that that's like an incredibly important norm to set Um, for how your viewers are going to interact with the show, right? And for women to watch that, for me to watch that when I was, what, 16 years old, uh, like subconsciously had to have been like quite transformative because I I had never, you know, you look at someone who's so conventionally attractive or conventionally hot and you don't don't think of them interacting with with men or with their jobs or with society in that way. And I think that that's really, really powerful, right? Just from the right out of the gate, they set that norm with the show. Um, And I think that's really powerful and that's really, you know, stood stood strong for you know all these years with the show do you um do you have like a favorite character patrice Mm. i'm making a lot of make sounds it's all right we all have our you'll when you listen to it back you'll you'll find what your sound is and then you'll hate yourself forever for it so uh i feel like i have gone in and out of favorite characters um one of my favorite characters is very obviously Christina Yang. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Like, 
Yeah. You can't say enough about Sandra Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just like, she's an amazing actress. She is beautiful. She is. Her, her face eyes. is a teardrop. It's totally fine. Her face is a teardrop. Yep. It is. It's a lot for I don't me. know. Her eyes are amazing. She's just like fucking perfect. This is actually just a podcast that's a love letter to Sandra yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. Oh, Someone yeah. told me that, so she's in Killing Eve, obviously, Ugh. and I still haven't seen it. I know. Oh, what? I, listen, I haven't seen it. Someone told me that she's not the best part of Killing Eve, that the other person is. Mm. I forget her name right now. And uh, I, I was like ready to have a fight over a show I've never mm-hmm. seen. I was like, I respect you, but you must be wrong. Yeah, that's, they that's... are wrong. As somebody who has they seen are that wrong. show, that other lady, very <laughs> that talented. That can't possibly I be true. I her quite a bit, but she's not better. I mean, like, you just, that's just not. Their dynamic <laughs> is the best part of the show. Yeah. yeah. You cannot have the show without that. I feel like in later seasons, I uh, really love April. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Okay, okay. I, th- I feel, well, I will say April before she goes into the military and then comes back <laughs> right oh, as yeah. a weird flat character yeah okay yeah um so that april so is everyone here caught up to present gray's anatomy except for me yeah yes cool, cool, cool. all right yeah. Good. have you watched any additional episodes from the last time we recorded this podcast <laughs> i'm gonna venture i would okay. actually go ahead and put 100 dollars <laughs> down right now and like levy the future of this podcast and say she has not. I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta like talk to my therapist about this. You I do. You no, have a mental block about it. I can't. I can't watch him die. I don't you even can. like him that much. I know and you I, don't. Like, I can't watch him die. I, ha- I just. You can. It hurts. It's not even that sad of a death. I know, but. Uh, but uh, Meredith is just, really sad. I know, and I and I I love sad Meredith, but I also wanted happiness for her, and I just oh I can't do it. I've seen a couple of episodes here and there, but I've not watched. Should we watch it and I'll hold you? <laughs> I think that the three of us get together and watch it, and like next yeah, time I'm in I, town, I think, like I think that probably has to happen. Just fill me up with liquor and I'll yeah. Just throw it. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. It's like, again. I don't even like Derek that much, but I just fuck man. Oh, that's tough. I do believe. I like. I do believe a little bit that he's he's her soulmate in it. In it, aside from Christina, like I think that Christina is Meredith's actual soulmate. Yeah, and I think that's really beautiful, and something the show goes out of its way to sort of, you know, yes, uh, mythologize, mm-hmm. but. I think Derek and I think Meredith that we're meant to be a little bit, and so it's it's hard for me to imagine a Meredith without Derek, yeah. which isn't fair because certainly I loved Meredith before Derek, but it's still just it's still just rough. well because it's so hard not to root for her. Like you just want to yeah. root for her. Like you want you just want her, good things. Yes, you because she. I want good things for Meredith. I want good things for actual Ellen Pompeo. I know. Like I, just want... I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to want good things for Ellen Pompeo though because she's she's so goddamn rich. She's so she's wealthy. She's so wealthy. She's so wealthy. <laughs> it's just fantastic. She's 
doing good things yeah. for herself yeah. all oh, yeah. by herself. And she's like happy to tell you about it too. Oh I yeah. Fucking love. I fucking I love, love any interview with Ellen Pompeo. I read it like it's like the last thing I'm ever gonna read. Like I just oh devour God. it because she is like you know she's never gonna work after Grey's Anatomy because why the fuck would she? <laughs> she has so much no. money and she is just like irreverent. Like her interview style is just like fuck it. I wipe my ass with $100 bills. And it is awesome. Yes. Like, her tone is just like... She's like, the show is literally named after me. I'm not going anywhere until I decide I want to go yes. somewhere. And yeah. everybody knows that. And I love it. It's what just power. Fun. I just love it. It's, it is such power. It is such power. And she just gives, like, zero fucks about anything. And it's just, I, I love it. I think what seals it whenever you watch an interview with her is her, like, thick... Boston accent. Yes. Oh god. <laughs> Literally, yeah. that yes. she's just like fuck it. Yeah. But in a Boston accent, <laughs> but I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and and I love it because it's just like it's so funny because Meredith Grey does not have big big dick energy. I would say but right. Like Ellen Pompeo has for big sure major energy. <laughs> it's just huge. Like it's huge. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Patrice, do you have well, a do you what? have a least favorite character? Like, do you yeah. have somebody that you just like wish you just would have died in season two, if they had existed Ooh. in season two? And they could they could have died relatively soon. So right, that's it okay. could be George hypothetically. Someone you just hated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, quite honestly, and I don't know if this is going to be a popular opinion because of how loved the relationship is. But I don't really like Arizona. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's like, totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that. Okay. Yeah, great. No, yeah. No. Like, she's sunshine and light yeah, she's and a fucking lot. wheelie tennis shoes, which makes me want to push her off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are going to fit right in. Patrice. You are. You are. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's. Oof, things get really complicated with that storyline too, which is yeah. But uh, people love Calzona. I know. Which like, what a fucking terrible yes. relationship name. Oh, I think one it's because so Calzones funny. are terrible. Ultimately, what a toxic fucking relationship. Wow, it's gonna be really good when we get there. We we left off with uh, the introduction to Callie Torres. Like yes. she had just entered on the scene when we ended the podcast. I noticed that when I was looking at my notes from the last couple of episodes yes. we did, mm-hmm. and I was remembering how much I disliked Callie in the beginning. That they just, they clearly didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. Uh, and wow, that's so obvious. And it's incredible because later on in the series, she becomes, Callie becomes one of my favorite characters. Sarah Ramirez. One of my favorite, most talented actresses uh, on that show. But whew, oof, it's bad at first. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, really looking forward to critically examining that relationship because I think it's one that I, I didn't do and it's like so far out from like our podcast, you know, like our podcast order. Um, yeah. But in yeah. ways that are not dissimilar from like any any early relationship, right? Like Alex Krev or like even, even George or um, I think that, or Denny, right? Like characters that you're like, oh yeah, I think I loved that relationship. And then when you go back and look at it and you're like, ooh, <laughs> Like, whoops. <laughs> there are some red flags. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I have kind of like a final yeah. sort of sort of wrapping up question, I guess. Um, so I guess sort of like housekeeping, we're going to be recording from this point on. This is kind of a bridge episode from like, wow, 
2017, now it's 2019. The world is hell, but Grey's Anatomy is still great. Yep. Um, but after this episode, we're actually going to get back into recapping episodes. And we're going to go ahead and just start off where we left off. We're not going to go back to season one, episode one, um, because been there, done that. <laughs> so we'll start with season two, episode you know 22 or something, I think is where we were at. Um, but I guess I'm wondering kind of what what everyone wants to like get out of these out of these recaps like why like why are we why are we here why did we decide to come back and and do our our little show that's pretty much just for us but you know like why 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 i don't know that could be putting everyone on the spot though no it's a really good question (laughs) i think that um like when you when you wrote me and were like hey let's (laughs) <laughs> and, like, our listeners should know that we've been paying for this podcast to be on the internet for, like, five mm. years now. Um, oh, my God. How could we leave that out? Yeah, yes. I know. So, you know, we, we had been sort of chatting about the pod a little bit. And then, you know, Teresa wrote me and said, you know, would you be interested? And, like, Patrice is super interested she, in participating. Like, it's such a, you know, it could be a really cool way to bring it back. And I was, like, my, like, instinct from my gut was, like, fuck yes. Like, absolutely. Um, because I think that it's something that has, like, brought brought me so much joy and I think that it's it's like a really um it's so different from from anything that I do in sort of my normal life right like thinking thinking about um this sort of like washed up tv show that nobody listens to anymore (laughs) um and and talking about it with such like joy and also like critique and and critical thought and things like that um and I think that like for for me I'm here because like I'm at a point in my life where like, I I really want that, right? Like I want those unique opportunities to like interact with friends who are old and new and with like content that feels like an old friend. Right. And so Mm. I think that Mm. I'm really excited to like, like, um, move those muscles again. Right. And be a part of something that, um, that is very different from, from sort of the rest of my life as it, as it currently looks and as it currently stands. Yeah. I think for me, one thing I should say is I said yes to this podcast before I ever listened to an episode of <laughs> she Great. she did that's, that's a true story yep and so I didn't <laughs> a real vetting process for Patrice <laughs> so I really didn't know what to expect and I will say that I'm a person who listens to recap podcasts yep. and reads recaps on the internet and I think that oftentimes recap pods or articles are super irreverent or silly or not really looking at the show with a critical lens. It's more about jokes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was pleasantly surprised (laughs) on my binge listen of all 28 episodes of Code (laughs) Grease to find that you guys were... Uh, thinking and talking about Grey's with a critical lens. And I didn't know that that's something I needed in my life, but I feel very excited to rewatch Grey's with that lens and to talk about it with you guys. And then just to kind of, like you said, Megan, flex those muscles. I feel like in my everyday life, I'm not necessarily using my liberal arts education (laughs) (laughs) thinking about things critically. (laughs) I know, right? Um, And so I'm excited 
to do that, to think about that, to rewatch this show that I love so much, but then also look at it not just for entertainment, but for critique. I'll say for myself, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who, who plays music with some friends pretty casually, right? But we were talking about like the urge to, to create, like to just to just like actually produce something. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I teach now, I teach at a college here, and it's really wonderful. My students are um, amazing. And I love teaching, but I love creating. And I don't have a lot of personal accountability for my own creative projects. <laughs> what was great about this podcast was that I was accountable to someone else. I was accountable to Megan. Mm-hmm. I still am so looking forward to just finishing an episode, editing an episode, and, and uploading it. And saying, like, shit, like we, we created something that didn't exist before and now it does and that's that's really cool i don't have any other avenues for that aside from my sort of lackluster writing habits um so it's just really great and it's even better that it's i get to do it with friends you know like that's that's just sort of the icing on top of everything on behalf of code grays <laughs> We're going to sign off. This is where we sing the acapella version of the theme song. Is it? Do, do, do. It's no, so was, hard. There's so kidding. many like little like keyboard sounds. I'll add something here. <laughs> <laughs> the end is just a laugh track. <laughs> really ominous laughter for 30 full seconds. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. You can email us at codegrays at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at code underscore grays underscore. Thanks for listening.